Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special message, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Genesis chapter 4, and get your pen, get your pad, Get your heart. Genesis, the book of Genesis, is a book of beginnings. You know that. Genesis records the beginning of the universe, the beginning of the world, the beginning of the sun, the moon, the stars, the beginning of animal life, plant life, human life, many other beginnings. In the first 11 chapters of Genesis, keep that pen handy, in the first 11 chapters of Genesis, we have many first things appear, many first, the first man, the first woman, the first command from God, the first marriage, the first home, the first sin, the first death, the first sacrifice, the first worship, the first murder, the first curse. We're also introduced to the world's first family, the Adams. They don't have a last name. What do you call them? We call them the Adams family. Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel. We have in Genesis. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, well, I got this. You keep singing. I'm going to keep preaching. All right. That good though. The first, hey, Genesis 4, the first family argument. And notice, you want to note this, and we'll read it in a second, but the first family argument is in the context of worship. So, Genesis chapter 4, the story is a story, listen to me closely, of Cain and God. You know, so often I think, and if you know the story at all, then you are familiar with. The two brothers, Cain and Abel. And oftentimes we think that the story is about Cain who killed Abel, Cain whose sacrifice was not accepted, and Abel's whose sacrifice was accepted, and Cain, you know, killed Abel. And we think that's the seed, the center, the core, the focus of the story. Well, that's not quite true. It is a story, but it's not quite true. The focus, the seed, the center of the story has to do with Cain and God. Cain is mentioned, and I'll leave you to do your homework here. Cain is mentioned three times in the Bible and all negative. There are many things that we can learn from Cain, and here's where I want you to take your pen or maybe even take your phone and take a snap. We'll talk about three points this morning regarding Cain's life and his heart. Number one, 
Cain is characterized by an unbelieving heart. Write that down. An unbelieving heart. And we'll find that in verses 1 through 4. And then we'll see that Cain is characterized by an unrepentant heart in verses 5 through 7. And then finally, real simple outline this morning. Cain, his life is characterized by an ungodly heart in verses 8 through technically 15. Cain's life is characterized, number one, we'll talk about an unbelieving heart, verses 1 through 4. Cain is characterized by an unrepentant heart in verses 5 through 7. And then finally, we'll talk about Cain is characterized, his life is characterized by an ungodly heart in verses 8 to the conclusion of our text. This morning, we'll pick up Genesis, that being said, in Genesis chapter 4, and we're looking at verse 1. Saints, Genesis chapter 4, if you're looking at verse 1, say a hearty amen. Amen. Now, Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived, and she bore who, saints? And said, I have required or acquired a man from the Lord. And then she bore again, and this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of the sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain bought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. And Abel also bought the firstborn of, the, of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not, are you looking at verse 5, respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance, demeanor fell. And so the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry, and why has your countenance falling? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you shall rule over it. And Cain talked with Abel, his brother, in verse 8, and it came to pass when they were in the field. Cain rose up against his brother, and he killed him. And then the Lord said to Cain, where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? Smarty pants. And he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother blood cries to me from the ground. And so now you are cursed from the earth, which has opened up its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. And when you till the ground, Cain, it shall no longer yield its strength to you. A fugitive, a vagabond, you shall be on the earth. And Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Surely you have driven me out of out this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond on the earth. And it will happen that anyone who finds me, Cain said, will kill me. And the Lord said to him, therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance shall be taken upon him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest anyone finding him should kill him. Saying, stop right there. Give me your attention. Let's back up a bit, just a bit. In the previous chapter of Genesis, we have the story, you know, of Adam and Eve who sinned in the garden and they were cast out by the Lord. And God, pardon me, God, you know, he placed an angel with a flaming sword at the entrance of Eden to keep them from reentering the garden 
and to keep them from eating of the tree of life. And that was a blessing. That was God's grace toward them. Because if they had entered, re-entered the Garden of Eden in that, are you listening to me this morning? If they had re-entered into the Garden of Eden, into that very sinful state, that fallen nature, that fallen state, and they would have eaten of the tree of life, they would have lived that way forever. So God, as we all know, is a God of grace and a God of mercy. So he sets that angel there at the entrance for them to keep out. Adam and Eve, you know, driven out of the garden. Everything was perfect for them in the garden. They had a great life. They were working hard to now to till the ground and all hope seemed gone. Well, chapter four, Eve gets pregnant. And like all mommy, she's excited. You know, I think sometimes we look at the Bible people and we think they were different than us or they had different feelings than us. Or sometimes they were more holy than us. I look at the Bible and I try to read it this way, that these were real people, real people with real feelings. So mommy gets pregnant. Baby starts kicking. She's excited. Baby might even stick. You ever see when a baby sticks the foot out the stomach and you can see the imprint on the stomach? That's kind of creepy. And I mean, it's cute, but it's creepy cute. You know, the, the footprint is sticking out. Dad comes over. Oh, the little baby probably kisses the mommy's stomach. Eve has the baby. First woman to experience, talking about first, first woman to experience childbirth. First woman to experience the joy of holding a newborn in her arms. First woman to probably have postpartum blues. Adam, probably the first man who doesn't understand this. Say amen, fellas. Eve, name the baby Cain, take your pen. Cain means I have gotten of the Lord. I have, or it means gotten of the Lord. I have gotten of the Lord. And then she has another boy. His name is Abel, whose name means vapor or perishable. Probably because his life was cut short. Vapor or perishable. Cain, we know, was a farmer like his dad. Abel was a shepherd. It's very possible, saints, listen, that Cain and Abel were twins. It's very possible. Uh, Verse 2 tells us that, uh, look at it in your Bibles, that Eve gave birth again to Cain's brother Abel. Notice there's no mention of a second conception. Are y'all following me? So they could be twins. Either way, it doesn't matter. What matters is mom and dad were sad over their sons not getting along. And I'm sure, listen, that Adam and Eve, talking about first, Adam and Eve were the first evangelists. How so? Because I'm confident that Adam and Eve sat their boys down and told them how to come to God. They sat their boys down and told them how to worship God. They told their sons how to walk with God and how to stay in fellowship with God. They told them, boys, listen to us, mom and dad. When we sinned, God killed an animal to provide covering for our nakedness. They told them that. They had to tell them. They're mom and dad. And you got to wonder how many times Adam 
got them, the boys on their knees and showed them how to worship. And how many times Eve warned them about listening to God and disobedience and listening listen to God versus listening to the devil. How many times? Point number one in our outline. Cain's life is characterized by an unbelieving heart in verses one through five. We just read it. Saints, look, peruse with me in those verses. In verses three and four, Cain and Abel, they come before God and they make an offering. The Lord respected Abel's offering, but did not respect Cain's offering. This word respect literally means to look upon with approval. Cain bought an offering of the fruit of the ground. Abel bought of the firstlings of his flock and of the fat. The Lord did not approve Cain's offering, but approved of Abel's offering. Now there is lots, listen to me, let me have your attention, look at me. There is a lot of uh, discussion. I have read a lot over the last couple of two days on why did God receive Abel's offering but did not receive Cain's offering. And there's a lot of discussion, a lot of speculation. I'll say speculation because to be quite honest with Calvary Chapel, Cary, and those of you joining us Facebook Live, to be quite honest, nobody really knows. Nowhere in the Bible, not one verse in the Bible, does it tell us God received Abel's offering because of this. Nowhere. So we don't know. So when we don't know something in the Bible, first of all, there's many things in the Bible that we do not know. Okay? And a lot of folk act like, well, if you can't explain it, it must be a problem. If you can't explain it, then, then God must have, something's wrong with the scriptures. People go all in all that. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of things in the Bible we don't know. And the Bible tells us, as a matter of fact, pastor, the secret things belong to the Lord. Deuteronomy 29, 29. So the very fact that many things in the Bible we do not know is the very reason why we worship God. Because God is above us. He is not like you. And you cannot know everything about such an infinite. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands there. I'm going to wait. You can't know everything about such a great, awesome God. And if you knew everything, then you should be God. Y'all say amen, but you're not. So there's many things we don't know. And this, my peoples, is another thing that we don't know. Exactly why. What we do then is we conclude or we reduce down to or we take the whole of the scriptures and put it together and come up with what we believe God might be saying. Everyone has their position, their opinions. I have mine. And here is why I believe that God received Abel's offering and not Cain's. Because throughout the Bible, saints, listen, all the way through the, through the Bible, the acceptable sacrifice was always blood. Stay with me. The acceptable sacrifice was always blood. From Genesis through Revelation, God's method for cleansing sin has always been the same. The blood of the innocent for the guilty. Write that down. The blood of the innocent for the guilty. The blood of the innocent sacrifice to cleanse the sinner. Okay, here you go. Genesis 3.21. God made cloth of animal skins, remember, for their covering. 
to cover their nakedness. Just the previous chapter. Exodus chapter 12. We know that during the Passover, that God told the people to take the blood of the lamb. Are you listening to me? And put it on the doorpost. Look at me. And put it on the doorpost and on the lintel, which is the form of a cross. And when the angel of death passes by that house and he sees the blood, he sees the cross, he will pass over. Thus, we have Passover blood. Leviticus 16, on the day of atonement, the high priest went into the Holy of Holies with the blood of the lamb to atone for the sins of the people. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, and according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood and without the shedding of blood. Anybody know there is no remission of sins. You know that revelation, that last great book of the Bible, Revelation 1, 5, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead. And the ruler over the kings of the earth to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his blood. The blood of the innocent for the guilty is necessary for forgiveness and worship and deliverance and freedom. And I'm confident that Adam told them about the atonement. I'm confident that Adam told them about forgiveness and about righteousness. But even here it is, saints, even in the face of being taught and trained how to approach God, Abel listened and carefully selected the best animal he had. And he took time to prepare that sacrifice. And he came with the blood of a lamb. Cain didn't listen. He came with his own righteousness. Cain would say, God, look what I've done. God, I planted, I watered. He had eye disease. I planted, I watered. You'll get that on the way home. I tilled. Cain would say, I know what you said. I know what my mom and my dad said, but here's what I want to give. Take it or leave it. Cain tried to establish simple, his own sacrificial system. And saints, let me tell you, I think you already know this, that God will never accept your own religion. God will never accept your works. God will never accept your own sacrificial system. If you come to God, you have to come to God the way that God has prescribed. You cannot come to God the way that you want. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to God except by me. I am the door. I am the resurrection of life. I am the good shepherd. You come to God the way God tells you to come to him. You cannot establish your own works and which is what folk do. Has anybody followed me this morning? How you want to get to God. So you establish your own sacrificial system. You want to be blessed by God, you got to do stuff God's way. You know, some folk want to be blessed by God and do things their way. I think my mama told me years ago, she said, God, don't bless mess. All right. Don't get stuck on the proper English. Get the, get the message. Huh? God, don't bless mess. Some folk want God to bless mess. You're doing stuff the way you want to do it. And you say, God, now come on and bless this. God, don't work that way. You want to be blessed by God? You got to do stuff God's way. Put that Bible down. Clap your hands for Jesus right there. Will you do it? 
Am I right about it? Am I right about it? You got to do things God's way. Well, then listen, I got to move on. Listen, Jesus, listen, Bible students, you remember? Jesus died on the cross. Watch this, watch this. Jesus died on the cross. The Bible teaches us when Jesus died on the cross, the veil of the temple was torn from top to bottom. You remember last week we talked about the temple and we talked about the holy place and beyond the holy place is the most holy place. And what separates the holy place from the most holy place is a veil. This veil is 18 inches thick. It's beautiful. It's purple with um, uh, gold angel threaded, real gold thread, angel images on it. It was beautiful. And beyond that veil in the most holy place was the visible presence of God or the Shekinah glory of God or the glory cloud. So when Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says that that veil that is 18 inches thick tore from top to bottom. Why not bottom to top? Because, look, it's easy to tear something. Take a piece of fabric, you tear it, you can rip it like that. And it tears from bottom to top. But this veil, this fabric, tore from top to bottom. What's that say? It says that God is reaching down to man. Because to tear it from bottom up means man in his own sacrificial system, his own works is trying to reach God with his own effort. But being torn from top to bottom says... God is now opening a way for all men to come into the presence of God. Like the high priest, okay, I'll wait, I'll wait. To like the high priest who would go in once a year on the day of Yom Kippur, the day of atonement, he would go in and he would take the blood of a lamb and offer it upon the mercy seat. One time a year when the veil was torn, Jesus died on the cross. That veil said all access. That veil said, everybody can come. And then Hebrews told us, let us boldly come to the throne of grace that we might receive grace and mercy and help in a time of need. So now we don't have to wait. Now we can come into the presence of God. No more sacrifices. No more religious rituals. No more blood of the lamb year after year. If you believe in Jesus, you can come anytime. Now watch this. So the veil tears from top to bottom, and history tells us, Josephus, by the way, tells us, Josephus was not a Christian, and Josephus tells us that when the veil of the temple was torn, some guys went back into the temple area and tried to sew the veil back up. And isn't that just like some people? Isn't it? (laughs) Watch this. God tears down that which is keeping you from him and man, Christian folk, religious. I ain't talking about nobody here. I'm just talking. Okay. Religious folk want to sew up the veil. They want to get out their needle and their thread and their thimble. I like that word thimble. And they want to go sew up the veil and make it difficult for people to come to Jesus how they do that? By how do you how they, how folks sewing up the veil, Pastor? How they doing it? By putting religious trips on people, by 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 telling people that you, you got to do this in order to come to God. You got to do this and you got to do that. You got to wear this. I remember when we first started going, sweetie. When we started going to church, when I started going to church, you were already going to church. You were already a Christian. She's so lovely. 
so godly. But we start going to church, and you, I remember you had to wear a suit every single Sunday. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You, and let me tell you something. Come to church with some jeans on and see what happened. Come to church with some jeans on and see what happened. Come to church, ladies, y'all know this, wearing the wrong thing, see what happened. I remember one time, I love to tell this story. This one time, me and Miss Alvaro, we get to church. I told y'all before, Calvary, bear with me. Me and Miss Alvaro get to church. Miss Alvaro had a black suit on. I think I bought that black, black suit or something. I don't know. We bought it. Whatever. It was a nice suit. Okay. And the suit had like a, a, a tasteful split, you know, like a skirt, lady skirt with a split. It was the pastor's wife. She came up to Elvira and she said, Sister Finch, she was religious folk, y'all, religious. We were talking about Kojak back in them days. Okay, that's when you were religious people. She said, she like she'd been baptized in lemon juice. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.